So we're here, guys. We did it. Welcome to episode one. Welcome, guys. So exciting. Do you guys come here a lot or? Welcome to the I Also Want Money podcast, where our mission is to democratize, demystify, and demasculinize making money. I'm your host, Nicole Kyle, and I'm here with my co-host, Sophie Holm, and ally, Harrison Comfort. Dr. Jamie, I think, is so unique in that she's one of the very, very few people talking about wealth and psychology and how those two things are related. She actually works exclusively with inheritors, women, and couples. Uh, She's the founder of the Wealth Legacy Group. What Dr. Jamie specializes in is the psychology behind money, our relationship with money, our relationship with investing and with wealth. And I I think for, for me, it's really hard to talk about money and not starting that conversation means we never start our wealth journey. Welcome, Dr. Jamie Traeger Money. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. I love I love that you've now made my name into money. It's actually Muni. People have a lot of trouble with it, but it's fine. I, I think it's very, you know, it should be m- money, right? It's very fitting. <laughs> for, purpose, for purposes of our podcast today, exactly. Freudian slip. <laughs> I might have to change it. Dr. Jamie Money. Well, Jamie, we're so excited to have you on the podcast today because I know that you're going to help us unpack a lot of the shame and uh, psychological barriers that exist around even just starting the conversation around money. Uh, It's really fascinating because something we've observed in planning and preparing for this podcast is that women in particular have a lot of feel very vulnerable when it comes to money. Yet, we aren't talking about it with our girlfriends in our female friendships. And I guess, you know, from a psychologist's perspective, in your perspective, Jamie, why aren't we opening up more about money when we open up to our friends about so many other things? Well, I love it. You guys are hitting on questions, you know, right on the nose, Nicole. And I think shame is such an important part of that. Um, I, I think that money is the last taboo that we don't talk about things. And whenever you don't talk about things, there's shame related to it because everybody has this sense of, we don't exactly know why it's taboo, but there's that felt sense of like, oh, I'm getting to a, to a sticky subject or I don't know how to do it. And you know, then everybody just keeps perpetuating that taboo of not talking about it. So you know, when women started talking about sex when people started talking about sex it was uncomfortable and vulnerable and to a certain extent it still is but we have much more fluidity with it now because we practice and because those boundaries have come down and i think it's just a process of saying we don't have to feel ashamed about talking about money we don't have to be experts i say to my clients all the time If your parents speak French, but they never spoke French to you and you never had the opportunity to practice speaking French and make mistakes with French, you don't magically know how to speak French. You're not born with that knowledge. It's a learned process, financial literacy, and we don't get it. We don't get it in schools and we don't get it in our ability to talk and find out from one another. It's one of the reasons I'm so glad that you guys are doing this podcast. 
I really like your point there around just needing to practice having the conversation. Practice makes perfect, as they say. I think as we're both kind of saying, you know, women in particular are socialized to be quiet about a lot of things, but certainly to be quiet about money. And, you know, we've come so far in so many other realms, right? You think about, you know, the cliche of, okay, the sex in the city ask brunches where, you know, you're sitting around the table talking to your friends about sex and relationships. Uh, In the same way, let's just start talking about money a bit more and, and that practice is is really going to to help break down that barrier. Jamie, in your experience, who are good confidants to talk to about money? Well, again, I think you hit it on the nose, Nicole. It's those, you know, friends that you feel like you can go to and be vulnerable and that you don't have to show off how smart you are or, you know, that you can be silly. And I think it's really, this is the opportunity to start to minimize the shame because Sometimes inadvertently, we shame each other. You know, um, I shared with Sophie and Harrison before a story that I think is relevant now that um, I got a PhD in clinical psychology. So I was in school a lot longer than some of my friends. And I asked my best girlfriend once who went right into um, a marketing career and I knew was at one of the top firms um, and had been there for several years. I said to her, what, what do you make a year? Um, and I could have asked her anything about sex and she would have, that would have been okay. And she was like taken aback. She couldn't believe that I'd asked that. And I immediately felt very vulnerable and felt that I'd been inappropriate. So I think, I love what you said about practicing. And I think there's certain ways we can start to introduce the conversation to each other and to say something about, you know, money's a taboo only because we don't talk about it openly and we don't have to do that amongst ourselves. Would you be willing, would you be open to having some of these conversations? You know, I know I certainly don't have all the answers, but I really respect your opinion. And that's why I'm bringing this conversation. I think those are really nice opening ways to start to have these conversations amongst trusted friends. Yeah, I think what you said there around asking for permission or approval to talk about these things can really help create that safety place, that safety space that we're talking about now. Not everybody is going to be comfortable, right, talking about this. So should we respect that some people don't want to be part of the conversation? Absolutely. I think that's really important that the way that we don't shame people and the way that we get around vulnerability is to name that it might be there and to give people the option. You know, you wouldn't force that conversation on everybody about sex, nor would it be appropriate. I think sort of introducing already that this isn't something that we normally talk about, would you be willing to, is a good way to start to give permission and while acknowledging that this isn't an area that most people in general, but particularly women, Um, talk about with one another. We've been talking a lot about what it means to be economic agents here. And related to that, are there any kind of patterns or behaviors that we can adopt to become more savvy as economic agents and really adopt this agency mindset? The idea of the word agency is an ability to do something. So really taking on our own personal agency, it doesn't mean that we already have to a priori know all the answers. That's where I think people get into trouble. They think, 
well, I'm going to make my, I'm going to seem foolish if I ask questions, you know, some, I, I do a lot of advising to financial advisors. And so often when they're talking to a couple, the woman in the room sits there quietly. And the, most of the discussion is between the advisor and the male partner. And I think it's because women are afraid to, to ask silly questions. So, you know, as advisors or as friends, we can say, there's no silly questions here. You know, the agency is to say, let's have the conversations. Let's tear down the walls of this being taboo so we can all learn together, you know, and why should I have to create the wheel of my own financial success? We talk to people about how to have business success all the time. And what are you doing in your business? And how are you cutting costs? So why not about building a nest egg, building, um, you know, uh, savings? Do you feel like men are more comfortable pretending like they understand some of these complicated financial concepts? Yes, I do think that, Harrison. No, seriously, Jamie, what do you think? Yes, I, I think there's a lot of thinking going on. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't benefit any of us to, um, you know, to try to fake to look good. Um, and again, it's so funny because I don't know how many financial advisors I've worked with. And they said, I'm pretty sure my client, you know, you can see it in their eyes when they start to get lost. Um, but when you ask them if they have any questions, especially men, you know, both are like, no, no, no. You know, so sometimes I say, then don't even ask the question. If you can see they're getting lost, start to explain it in more simple terms. Just take it as a given that you need to break it down. So, Jamie, what have you observed maybe with respect to your uber wealthy clients or certainly clients of higher socioeconomic status? Do they experience the same vulnerabilities and insecurities around money in some ways? Oh, absolutely. One of the things I always say is that wealth is kind of like wax on wood. You know, whatever beautiful um, grain there is in the wood, it just amplifies that. But also whatever knots are there, it amplifies that as well. So um, I think the shame can be off the charts because, um, first of all, they're hiding a lot from their friends because it's uncomfortable to deal with people's envy and jealousy. And then on top of it, even you know, whether you've inherited it or made it yourself, just because you've made the money doesn't mean they're two different skill sets, making money and managing money. So, um, you know, just because you've done well making your own money doesn't mean that you know how to be a savvy investor. Um, so that that's a different skill set, too. So I, I think all of the feelings that millennials in general are feeling just get amplified when you're talking about larger amounts of wealth. And, you know, there's a lot of guilt about having more than others. And what I always say is there's just, there's unique challenges that come with whatever level of, of wealth that you have. Yeah, I really like how you broke it out into two skill sets there. There's the managing of money, and then there's the making of money. I think it's a really important reminder that just because maybe some some of us who are early in our wealth journeys don't have a lot of money today, if we manage it well, doesn't mean we're not good at managing it, right? Just because we don't have a lot of money doesn't mean we're not 
doing good things with the money we do have. And it's really important to remind ourselves of that. And it's a skill set you want to build. Absolutely. You know, if the goal, just like you want to be moving up in your profession and gaining skills, you want to be gaining knowledge of how to manage, save and grow your wealth at whatever level. As a clinical psychologist, can you just help us understand what happens when we start feeling that shame as it relates to money and money conversations? And what are some ways in which we can recognize that when it starts uh, approaching and how can we tackle it? First of all, the first step is to develop as much as we can um, the ability to notice when we've moved into shame. So what happens, you know, just on a a neuropsychological level is that our amygdala gets um, triggered. And that's the part of the brain that controls our fight, flight, or freeze response. So whenever you start to feel your heart racing and like you want to run away or you want to get into a fight or you just feel like the deer in the headlights, that's the more you can recognize when that happens, the more that you're able to recognize when that starts, the more you're able to do some really easy things to get yourself grounded. And the easiest thing to do when you recognize that you're in some sort of fight, fight, flight, or freeze reaction is to just feel your feet on the ground. If you're sitting, feel the back of your legs in your chair, your butt in the chair, your back in the chair and start to take a couple deep breaths. And then you can say, okay, what's the best question right now that I can ask to help me to get more information? Um, You know, that's a great way to shift your mindset. It's really good advice, Jamie. And it starts to help me think about the psychology of just what's running through my brain, at least, when I'm thinking about money and wealth decisions. Uh, it actually makes me think of this this idea of, you know, where I stop identifying the desire for money as normal and actually where I start to think about it as greed, because we are socialized from a really young age to reject greed, to, um, you know, not want more, not ask for more. And, um, I think it's really easy for us to conflate this idea of greed with the simple idea of just wanting more money. So what's your perspective on this limiting belief that, you know, wanting more money means you're greedy and and it says something negative about you? I, I would say first, you know, how do you define greed? There are ways you could define greed that I would say, absolutely, like we should not, that should not be our goal. Um, when I work with clients, because I always like to come from a positive place as opposed to you know, any of those words that are triggering. So I always work with my clients about what, what is the life that you want to lead? Um, you know, I know that, uh, we had talked before about having a fuck you number of when you could stop working. And I was sitting with that and thinking about it. Like I wouldn't even recommend having a fuck you number because I think there's so much we gain from work. There's so much we gain from feeling like we're meaningfully contributing to life. So what I would say to someone at any place in their journey is, what is the life that you want to lead, both from a work perspective and a leisure? And then think about what that kind of life would cost you. And then think about how can I build my life 
so that I can afford to do the things that I want to do. And yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's about not having a job. I think you, you're right about that. There's a lot of purpose that we gain from having a job. For me, though, asking what's your fuck you number, it's about breaking the ice. So it's a way for me to open up for that conversation that otherwise I wouldn't know how to approach. I totally agree. And I think that's great. And just realize that your number today, if it starts a conversation, is great. But as you have a different kind of life, that number will shift. Um, you know, so it, it's a great tool to break the ice. And I'm, I'm a huge proponent of whatever it, fun ways you can have those conversations. But that, that number won't be static for most people. You know, what I've really taken from this interview is just how important conversation really is to getting started on your wealth journey. I recently heard a quote, which is, wealth is a function of friendship. And I don't think I probably understood just how meaningful and impactful that statement is before this conversation today. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Jamie, if there's one big thing I'm taking away from this conversation, it's that planning and going after the money you need in order to build the life you want it's not the same as greed. Mm. That's a big takeaway mm. for me. One thing that we really try to internalize and embrace is this, I also, I also can, I also have, I also will, etc. So if you had to give an I also statement to the audience, what would it be? So I would say, um, hashtag, I also talk about money with my friends, or hashtag, I also ask questions, and I'm also learning. We all need to have more conversation. We all need to ask more questions. That's, that's great. I think it's this, this part of it. Part of it is getting uncomfortable to get comfortable, right? Like, I think that's a big message of what we're talking about here today is, is that uncomfortable space we have to go through. And allow, like, allow yourself to, to be vulnerable and to laugh at it. Like, yeah, of course, we don't know these things. We've never had, you know, we're going to be awkward with these things. We've never had these conversations, you know, and just laugh at yourself and make it fun, because then you want to have more of those conversations. Yeah, it's exactly right. No, that's fantastic, Jamie. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate your willingness to talk to us. Uh, I know we both have a lot of takeaways, and I'm certainly leaving this conversation feeling ready to start talking about money and wealth with, with my girlfriends and with my networks. Thanks, Jamie. My pleasure. This was a lot of fun, and you know, I'm, I'm happy to support you guys in the future because um, I think these conversations need to be had more frequently. So it was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, join us in the I Also movement. This means take to your social platforms and post a hashtag I Also statement. Follow us on Instagram at I Also Podcast. And of course, subscribe. This podcast is produced by Harrison Comfort and the theme tune is by Mal and Linnea.